Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Dear brothers and sisters And welcome to our second edition of the Convo podcast uh, I've got here with me our co-host Sufyan Badr um, And today inshallah we've got a very exciting podcast lined up for you A few uh, interesting additions as well inshallah That are going to allow for everyone to be a little more uh, interactive this time around um, But we thought we'd start it off in a bit more of an interesting fashion um, so with our last podcast, one thing we realized was that we kind of went a little beyond what we wanted to in terms of the length of it, right? So I've decided to set Sufyan a challenge. He is going to introduce this podcast, the topic, what we're going to talk about, subpoints, explanations, detailed analysis, everything. And write a thesis on it. All of it in 60 seconds, right? So that's his challenge. Um, I think... He hasn't rehearsed it's, it's on the spot, right? So I'm going to give it to him. So we're going to have a... He wants to start Sorry, a countdown timer. So you can count yourself down. <clears throat> All right. So can we get a countdown timer in three, two, one? All right. So so this episode, by the way, before I start, I just wanted to say that I uh, don't really get going uh, with deadlines until I think the anxiety kicks in. So I feel like I don't really need the full 60 seconds and I'm just going to see how this runs. All right. Um, so um, we've got um, coronavirus being, uh, sorry, coronavirus being, Hajj being quote unquote cancelled this year. We want to know in this episode what that's going to look like. We'll show you some pictures. We're also going to have a look at what Hajj sort of looks like more generally um, uh, compared to say 20, 30 years ago. The fact that, you know, there's a big irony to it. We're sort of moving away from um, we're moving away from the materialism and the consumerism of life and we're sort of moving into this time counter is really stressing me out very intimidating um, 10 seconds uh, it, the fact that Hajj has become devoid of that spirit but also generally religion religious celebrations and Eid and how that has become devoid of spirit and what lessons we can learn for future generations Two, oh snap one and done can we get that sound that da-dang. What do you mean? I got it done one time. These guys planned it. You Can we move to our introduction done. video, please? Nah. All right. Welcome to the podcast, uh, the convo. Oh, Assalamu alaikum, brothers and sisters. Um, uh, Assalamu alaikum from me as well. Hamza managed to do his uh, introduction. But um, hello to everyone back home listening in to us. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, it's absolutely lovely to have you today. We do have a few things in store for you guys today, inshallah. We do spend um, some of our time between episodes thinking about how we can improve this. Um, obviously, we're very new to this sort of um, game and we want to see how we can um, introduce new features, engaging features. Uh, so we do have a little something for you. I know we've been a little cryptic about it in the lead up to this um, podcast for those of us who have been following on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, but yeah, we will be taking, inshallah, uh, live calls uh, towards the end of this podcast. Um, and inshallah. Um, and uh, just a little bit about, uh, you know, we, we 
I gave you a little introduction on what we're going to be talking about Hajj, Eid, how it's been commercialized and the materialism of it and also just Eid generally like it's a crazy 2020 Eid coming up um, very similar to the Eid al-Fitr as well which was obviously very different you don't have those massive gatherings in the park the Eids in the park the massive Eid prayers in the in the Masajid it's all very very different just like the Taraweeh experience was sort of very very different and unique to us another one of those you know unique sort of Eids is coming up so a little bit about that and then you know lessons that we can learn from this is me finishing off <laughs> my introduction yeah he's just stealing extra time now like this so shouldn't count <laughs> yeah maybe I should have prepped for that 60 second intro um, anyway um, let's get on to our first topic inshallah um, and maybe just before we do guys Facebook um, this is obviously being streamed to Facebook Live on Facebook and Instagram, and on Instagram as well as I understand and um, uh, feel free to leave comments like we really do like we've got our phones with us and we're going to be checking our Facebook and our, our Instagram for comments last time we had a, we had a brother or two uh, um, a few people sorry some brothers and sisters sort of leaving comments during live um, transmission and and it's excellent to like have a conversation between yeah. ourselves and then see your comments and read them out as you type them or maybe just after you type them and uh, and then They're engage not staring those. over your shoulder watching <laughs> you type <laughs> okay so so first things first we want to talk about what hajj is going to look like given the fact that we've got coronavirus now yeah um, so did you want to intro this part yeah so we all know pandemic around the world massive issues dramas and so forth um, and Hajj is not immune. Like I was just thinking that if the West is cancelling things like their sporting events, which are like their holy grail, like their Hajj, yep. um, then surely that means that something's up, right? Not that we take them as the barometer, but nonetheless, right? It's serious. And so um, Hajj has definitely been affected. Saudi has basically said it's not cancelled. Yep. Right, Hajj has not been cancelled. So it's open to local populations. Yeah, so it's basically they've said residents. So Saudi citizens mm. and even non-Saudis. Um, but who are residents, they're able to go for Hajj, but they said very minimal numbers. Like I think uh, one of the reports are like 1,000 yeah. people. Which is why I think we could say it's effectively cancelled. You know, you normally have like yeah, 2.5, sometimes up to 3 million people swarming yeah. Mecca and it's that's precinct true, actually. overnight. That's true because the thing is, like Hajj is, it's got that special status, that aura for those who travel there, mm. like who come from far-flung places all across the globe yep. to gather to that place. If you're already there then, mm. yeah, of course, Hajj is still incredibly important, um, but it doesn't carry the same grandeur that Hajj always and, does. And um, I do want to share some of my personal experiences as well. I had the privilege, the opportunity, the blessing of Allah to actually live in Medina for two years um, whilst I was studying Arabic there. And I was one of those people who actually caught a cab down to do my Hajj. That's awesome. So awesome. later on in this episode, inshallah, I'll share some of those experiences with our audience as well. Yeah, but... Um, Saudi's been pretty badly smashed by COVID issues. Um, like, you know, a lot of places around the world, they've got over 2,000 deaths, you know, a couple of hundred thousand cases. So um, maybe we can show uh, the look at how the haram was post-COVID um, and, sorry, pre and post-COVID. So you can see, like, massive difference. Like, we're so used to seeing that sea of people around mm. the Kaaba and then just you can see the other side of the image just like blank and empty it's pretty heartbreaking unfortunately yeah, and this other image here as well you can maybe count those people yeah. on your hands on your fingertips so there's there's very very few people there and it's, have, it's uh, more than uh, 10 fingerprints so it's like, okay Hamza, let's not get technical now <laughs> very few people there and just that scarcity um, is it's frightening you know to see 
um, and at the same time, it's um, it shows just how you know everything is in the hands of Allah, Subhanallah. Like in, um, you know, in a matter of just moments, bang, entire, you know, um, sort of armies are kept at bay, mm. entire stadiums that were that were just swarming with uh, supporters for massive. Uh, organized sporting events right um, um, including the Olympics as well which may be affected but uh, and, and then the Hajj itself like bang 2.5 million yeah, people no it, longer yeah. um, going to be swarming that city so um, yeah so big religious festivals sort of spiritual experiences you know really really important stuff um, that mm. you know Saudi hosts for you know people around the world um Unfortunately, not really happening. So we thought we'd show you a clip of, you know, one of those really, really important things that Saudi provides a service to humanity, you could say. Um, and and, and how unfortunately, that's been it's been cancelled. So yeah, let's have a look at this. It's really saddening. And awkward pause. Sorry, yeah. uh, the, um, <coughs> the the <laughs> don't want to give it away. <laughs> we don't want to give it away. Tech guy. We need to give our tech guy this a name. This was meant to be Saudi's big No, it's not, not that one. Um, the festival, the, the yeah. festival. On at least 400,000 people. State-run broadcaster Al Arabia said that was an even bigger crowd than festivals such as Coachella in the U.S. or Tomorrowland in Belgium. Middle Beast 2019 has been a magical sensory overload of joy, wonder and bliss. And it's... <laughs> Truly fantastic and a privilege to be a part of. Yeah, can we just take a moment to appreciate <laughs> the fact that this guy flew in from another galaxy? Like, it, it's just wow. It's, it, there's a point where it no longer looks like a costume. <laughs> it's something. It's like it's an expression of his personality that's come out. But, you know, mashallah, Saudi is fantastic. They're hosting Hajj, they're hosting 400,000 strong music festivals you know these protectors of these glorious custodians of the two holy lands incredible look at um, these wonderfully <coughs> spiritual just, experiences just on that note as well before we move on um there was something you know we joke about it but honestly oh, it's really sad it's it's actually quite saddening it's quite depressing uh, to some extent as well that these people that have been entrusted with such a massive responsibility of maintaining the city of the prophet you know and the holiest city in the world have sort of uh, just you know done a complete failure of it like they they have just thrown it um by the wayside so we've got it's not just that there was a um the i think it's called vogue arabia or vogue mm. arab there was a magazine which is a us-based magazine um a run that was running um, um a photo shoot uh, of some okay, lebanese yeah, yeah. um photographer right um, and they chose, subhanAllah, they chose, they said for aesthetic and artistic purposes that Medina and, and Al-Ula province within Medina would be the perfect place to do this photo shoot. Yes, and, if, and, and don't get me wrong, it's not just a regular photo shoot, it's this sort of, this um, yeah, highly inappropriate, inappropriate kind, yeah. as uh, Morocco News Today reported a, a raunchy photo shoot oh, showing semi-naked women in a um, in 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 the city of Medina, oh, right? And and for the rulers of Saudi Arabia to allow that in the city of the Prophet, as if you know, allowing it anyway is okay, but. Surely you've got some red lines that we draw, yeah. right? So, so you know these concerts and these uh, uh, f completely inappropriate photo shoots that are being held. 
uh, speak volumes about. And the reason we mention that, guys, within the context of Corona and Hajj and, is because, you know, the minister of, um, I forget his exact title, but he's responsible for Hajj and for Umrah. Um, this minister, um, for some reason, uh, look it up. I'm not making this up, but his last name is Ben Ten. <laughs> so okay, it's not actually. Ben no, it's actually Ten. Ben Ten. Wait, no, it's not. It's uh, come on. Uh, the, the, it's Ben Ten. Anyway, Hamza's got the details for this podcast, the stats and the names. Um, he can look it up and let us know. Uh, but this guy came out when it came to sort of Hajj being quote unquote cancelled or, or drastically sort of uh, downscaled, and he said that um you know in the interest of the muslims and islam and safety of 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 uh, of the population for the glory of islam like he was coming out with these phrases that would sort of champion you know the saudi arabian government as some kind of bastion of you know uh, protecting islam you know that title of custodian of the mosques and protectors of islam and so forth the guy's name is ben ten you really need it's to not drop ben it ben, but anyway whatever it's like ben talib or something anyway it's shortened to ben ten yeah right anyway you so so ben that's ten, why yeah. we mention it because you know they come out with this script and this pretense of this is why we are protecting um, yeah. you know the lives of the muslim we're so concerned with islam and its sanctity and its sacredness but at the same time you've got photo shoots you've got mm. concerts and you've got uh, w WWE festivals and or matches and stuff. So, you know, read beyond the headlines and, and see, we should see for things for what they really are. And I think that leads us to our next point of the fact that even Hajj, is, it's like, it's not immune from this. Mm. I use that word deliberately, pun intended, entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not immune, right? Hajj is a massive resource, uh, economically speaking, for Saudi. It's, um, I think, in the region of 8 to $12 billion a year, Hajj and Umrah. Mm. And that's huge. That, I think I was reading um, that's about 20% of non-oil GDP and 7% of overall. That's a big chunk of their economy. It is. Um, and I think it's close to $10 billion, did you say? 10? Yeah, yeah eight, 8 to 12. 8 to $12 billion dollars but, um, annual revenue. That's massive. Uh, huge. And the thing is that I, I was just looking into some, some information about it, and oil is projected to perhaps run out within 70, 90 years, 70 to 90 years for Saudi. Mm. So where are they going to go? Like it's, SubhanAllah, it's amazing that the Hajjaj and Hajj is a more renewable resource for Saudi than their oil. Mm. Oil will run out, but Muslims will always want to come, always have to come for Hajj, and, and so they can make massive dollars out of One of, of the reasons that they don't actually have to, um, they don't actually have to advertise. Mm. Like it's yeah. not like... You know, the, you know, there's a lot of economies that um, in the last decade or so have shifted over to a more tourist-based economy. And uh, to some extent, Saudi Arabia is trying to do the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's attracting, and we're going to talk about that sort of the dynamic between a sacred pilgrimage v t- tourism that is used for economic profit making. Uh, but um, with Saudi trying to move across to that tourism-based economy, it doesn't have to do any advertising. Yeah. It doesn't have to attract people because people are... Always no. in the massive, you know, in their massive numbers, they're going to be flooding and swarming that city. But the interesting thing then is that the advertising now comes when they're there. Yep. So they don't have to bring them there. People will come. But once they're there, all right, buy this, eat that, stay in this hotel, make sure you have this experience, Absolutely. you know, take this particular tour and whatever else. So they spend like, they spend a ton yeah. on that. And I was reading, I think they want to up it to like 150 billion in the next couple of years or something yep. ridiculous. But and yeah, they also want to up um, the Umrah. So at the moment, mm. I think there's about 8 million. Um, there's about 2.5 to 3 million people that attend that Hajj, which is within that six-day period. 
um, give or take a couple based on when you're coming. Um, and but also Umrah is up to about eight million people attend Umrah every every year. So they they're thinking of by 2029. Not sure why it's 2029 pro- program and not a 2030 program. That's kind of annoying me. But by 2029, there is a Saudi 2030 program. I think yeah, they want to up those numbers to uh, 30 million. 30 million mu'tamirin, people who, who do Umrah every year. So they are seriously thinking of upping this um, uh, Hajj and Umrah program as a source of boosting their economy. Can we just get a video? We had the um, Contagion Corona video just to have a look at um, the fact that, you know, Saudi is using it as a source of their um, This was meant economic. to be Saudi's big year, hosting the G20 gathering of world leaders as it attempts to move away from being an oil-dependent economy. It's already opened itself up to tourism, concerts and glitzy sporting events. But having eased lockdown measures at the end of May, it's now seeing a second wave of new coronavirus infections, forcing it to consider cancelling its biggest event, one that generates nearly £5 billion in revenue every year. I think the Saudi authorities... Yeah, so, I mean, same sort of thing where you've got um, Western news reporters, commentators sort of coming down. I mean, there's a, there was a bunch of videos to choose from and so we chose the most random one there. But the, there was a ton of videos talking about and, and someone, just go out and check it out like on, on Google's so if you type in uh, Hajj, Umrah, source of revenue, economic, yeah. you know, it's massive. It, there's a lot of reports on it. But with that also, with Hajj generally, like, you know, there's a big irony to I sort of made reference to this in the introduction. We're talking about people are trying to move away from the life that we know, at least people in the West, mm. that life of consumerism, materialism, right? Um, and you're trying to move. And the irony is that you actually, like you're, you're trying to skip, you're trying to miss out on these, the, the scams and the advertisements smashed in your face, the overconsumption, capitalism, the, material, the capitalism of it, of it yeah. right? That, but what do you get when you go there? There's this breeding ground for big bucks business, overloaded yeah. skyscraping malls, and you've got towering tower, clock towers, right? And you've got, clock towers, towering. Yes, that's what they that. do. And high-rise complexes and, and luxury hotels and stuff. And so there is a question there, right? And we'd love to hear from you guys as well. Do you think, because... In, part, in our research for this, there's a lot of people that say, I don't know, how, how do you feel about that? There's a lot of people that say, look, people are coming in for a once in a lifetime, highly strenuous and arduous sort of pilgrimage. Yeah. Right? You've got your elderly, you've got sick people. And so these things are just necessary comforts. I don't know how they stretch that to, you need to have KFC yeah, I, I on the vicinity you've gotta of have, the Kaaba. Like, you've got to draw but, a line. But where do we draw the line? Like. Uh, Guys, leave some comments. We want to see what you say and we will read them out. Do you think that we should have things like, you know, what I saw there? You've got KFC and you've got um, Hardy's just within the vicinity of the Kaaba. You've got these massive, you know, hotels, Oberoi and Hilton and the Grand Royale. I'm making hotel names up now. But you had these massive... Sounds legit, bro, don't worry. <laughs> you had these massive, right, hotels. I've forgotten it. It's been six years now. But in mass, everyone knows it, right? Um, and these skyscrapers and right like do you think that that's take that takes away from the sacredness of the pilgrimage or are they just necessary comforts that we have to provide I think like you, to the pilgrimage like, I don't think it's a it's very controversial to say all right you're, you're going for Hajj it's arduous it's tough be comfortable right mm-hmm. and yeah it's a once in a lifetime thing so you know if you don't want to rough it out then mm-hmm. have some kind of comfort but I think yeah, like there's a line between comfort and then like capitalism like, yeah. and then it just it moves to this like attitude of consuming and throwing it in your face and trying like then it's not about comfort then it's about you 
living in excess and some degree of luxury and yeah. you know all that kind of thing and that's perhaps where um the line can move yeah and i think i think one of the thing that does move it across is actually I'm um, just trying to see if we've got some comments whilst uh, we continue our podcast. One of the things that moves it across the border is is actually um, what you find with local service providers. Now, this is something that I want to share my personal experience about, which is that normally if you're catching, you know, from about, again, it's been six years now, so I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not really strong on the details, but I would say about maybe – a 10 15k ride 10 15 kilometers out from oh, the kilometers i thought you meant 10 15000 no the 10 15 <laughs> kilometers out from the vicinity of the kaaba and you want to get in right so it's about 20 minute ride um normally that costs about 15 to 20 riyal yep. right um but during the days of dhul qa'da which is just before the month of dhul hijjah it, it they bump it up to about 40 to 50 riyal and then during dhul hijjah they'll bump it up to about 100 and sometimes like uh, during the ayam of hajj those six days they're bumping that price up to like 200 riyal like yeah, i'm yeah, not yeah. kidding you these yeah. are like uh, like I've seen it with my own eyes, right? I've heard it with my own ears. Like they will stand there and they'll be calling, you know, um, these these uh, names of cities where they'll say, "All right, we're taking you to Jeddah, Jeddah, Jeddah," or say Mecca, 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 Medina, Medina, Medina. And there's these cab drivers that are standing there in this the the, mm. the taxi stands, and they are just they are just killing it. They're absolutely mm. killing it, right? With barbers just pushing the prices up, and it's about the culture that's created, yeah, right? Yeah. Like local service providers are. You know they're governed. They, they can't. They're not just left to do as they please. To some extent, it's regulated, right? And the point is, I think it's that culture that's created that this is money making season, mm, yeah, yeah. right? That's where all two point five million people have descended on our let's city. Kill it. Let's get every dollar out of it. Absolutely. Um, now, to what extent does our audience feel that there's something wrong with that, um, or is it just purely, you know, let's go with the flow? Let's go with the flow. Uh, we do have some comments coming through by our well, one guy. Mainly, Sadi, you need to put all those comments into just one, please. Um, same feeling I get the day before I had to hand in my assignments last year. Okay, so that's not a very serious comment. We'll leave it to. I'm um, really struggling to find the connection there, but okay. <laughs> we will leave. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe not. Maybe we need like a filtration system for the comments first. Yeah. <laughs> MT, I'm going to leave the comments to you. All right. All right. Um, let's. Shall we move on to discussion of Hajj, perhaps? Oh, sorry, Aid. Aid. Yep. All right. Um, so, just we've spoken about Saudi Hajj and so forth, mm. and sort of the essential point that you can take out of that is the spirit of it of Hajj is torn completely out by Saudi, right? Mm, mm, mm. Um, but then there's also like a spirit in celebrations generally, mm. um, and in our context here in the West. Um, as we experience Eid, we are within that context. And so the the attitude towards celebrations can potentially affect us as well. And I just wanted to mention like New Year's as like a almost completely pure Western celebration. It doesn't have a religious, unless you go all the way back to the origins of the Gregorian calendar, whatever, but no one does that, right? It doesn't have a religious connotation. It's mm. just one day moving to the next and... Massive party, let's all get smashed and let's you know have fireworks and all that kind yeah. of rubbish, right? Um, but it's not, it's an unearned celebration, it's just let's do it because we can party. Um, and even that, the spirit, when they try to insert a spirit into that of like renewal and recommitting and making a resolution, like there's always these farcical reports about how 
you know, you've got broken New Year's resolutions within a week or two of the new year. But the, the spirit's not there. There's nothing that's actually holding, uh, giving it an essence. And I think the same applies to holidays like Christmas as well. Yeah. Like the Christmas spirit, I, I think now is just mythology, right? It's just a myth. It's not actually there. The only spirit of Christmas, unfortunately, these days, and, and I mean unfortunately from the angle of sort of devout or ardent Christians, mm. um, is one of spending and is one of just materialism. And For sure. That's so devoid of what spirituality and especially you know religious traditions would hold sacred. And it's kind of like, um, <clears throat> I think the pattern here is that everything is trumped by by capitalism yeah yeah like everything comes under you know the stride of capitalism like we, you have to move where capitalism moves yeah. right that's the thing like religion it really does just get trumped you know whether it's islam and it's aid festivals and it's aid gatherings and it's aid celebrations or whether it's christianity with its christmas mm. right um or other religions and their religious celebrations as well because because what happens on Christmas, you right, no, and, and this happens with Eid in the Muslim countries, mm. is that you get your massive sales. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the equivalent of your end of year financial sales. Yeah. You, you get your Christmas sales. You get your Boxing data. Like the capitalists are just sitting around saying, "Let's capitalize on absolutely every single." Wow, capitalists capitalize. Yeah, religious, non-religious, <laughs> right? Every single tri- like special holiday, every um, celebration, every you know yeah. special moment that and you l- have. Like you were saying with like the Hajj, um, the Hajj period in Saudi. The retail period, the retail Christmas period is like huge. Like it is. Uh, these retailers and outlets will make like a significant chunk and portion of their yearly takings just from that period And it's alone. the same with the Eid. This is the point I was making. It's the same with Eid mm. in Dubai, in, um, yeah, yeah, in yeah, Pakistan, for sure, for sure. And, and in these Muslim, Muslim countries where they go berserk when the Eid comes around yeah. and the sales go through the roof. So it's kind of like a question of, well, have, you know, because, because what's the point of Eid? You know, what's the concept of Eid? Has Eid possibly become like a Muslim Christmas? Some would suggest perhaps it has. Can we play the video? Please. So some might even think that Eid is basically just a Muslim Christmas now. Is this a result of the so-called war on Christmas? Well, we have seen over the last uh, decades uh, a fairly relentless effort to drive Christianity out of the public square, to reduce its influence in culture. So I think two things are afoot. The first is the success they've had in reducing that influence in culture. But the other is, is drive towards secularization toward what I call taking Christ out of Christmas, where mm-hmm. Christmas becomes more of a winter holiday or a, it's simply a bland religious holiday. A season's greeting. A season's greetings mm-hmm. or a happy holidays type of moment. Right. For Americans, for American Catholics, uh, this is a disturbing trend. The- yeah, so the same message that you know we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You've got it's not just Muslims, like there are Christians and there are others as well that are concerned because, you know, it's absolutely irrespective of what religion or what, you know, grouping we're talking about here. Everyone's sort of feeling the same thing, that there's this other force. It's not religion. Yeah. There's another force in society, which are the values of society, capital, capitalism, secularism, which are trumping the other ideas out there, which are just sub ideas and they, they get bulldozed, yeah. you know, in, in capitalism's stride. But I think Hamza was talking about the... Um, the, the, the fact Sufyan's that Sufyan's favourite Nasheed yeah, uh, Don't you even dare I've been killing him For even including this In our podcast It's Yeah 
If we can get so this um, is what can happen if uh, Eid goes down the Christmas road. Some blessings. Join together, let us all sing. So there's Hamza's favorite nasheed. <laughs> Stop trying to deflect on me, bro. Just Don't you, you even? Really, I didn't know really about really this. Like it doesn't mean that I absolutely. Do, right. My favorite jingle. A travesty, but Sufyan really wanted to. Include My favorite it. jingle. Um, <laughs> so, so that's that's your that's your Muslim Christmas, and you know it's kind of yeah. There's a joke to it, and there's like there's a cringe factor. You know what? We should have a little animation of cringe factor. And yeah, just and a little bar that increases. I think that was 20 out of 10, the cringe factor <laughs> on that one. Um, with what has become of Eid. Um, but, you know, that said, the fact also is that in the West, things are very different to how they used to be 10 to 15 years mm. ago. Like Eid, for me, I, I've grown up in, you know, Western Sydney, um, and as as most of us have, right? Um, yeah. And uh, it's a Muslim majority area. And you started to see now in the last five, ten years, like massive Eid festivals. Mm. There used to be just the one of them, which was the Meth Eid yeah, the Festival Fairfield in Fairfield, right? Completely monopolized the living daylights out of Eid out of festivals, festivals right? By the way, I had some brothers come down from Melbourne who said, we were like, oh, a massive Eid festival. And they're like, yeah, no, buddy, this is really tiny. If you want to see a massive Eid festival, I think the sort of cultural, um, uh, what's it called? Like a cultural imperialism of Melbournians was at play in this uh, in this scene. That that was, so if you want to see Eid festivals, you should come over to Melbourne. But yeah, Eid festivals, you've got massive, you know, masajid with thousands of worshippers. Yeah. And there's a, obviously a positivity to that. You know, on the Eid morning when you you shower and you're getting your kids ready and uh, you're perfuming yourself up there's with your best whole clothes. Vibe and the whole vibe and you're going down towards the mosque and you've got you know dozens of people in their niqabs and their jilbabs and their massive beads and like visibly Muslim in the yeah. streets you know becoming the khilafah awesome. you know and you feel like it's the <laughs> capital of a <laughs> of an Islamic state. I did. I had a look at his comment, um, but um, um, what what about the experience of people? Um, that are living in non-Muslim majority suburb. Mm. If there's any of our audience that is living in a non-Muslim majority suburb, we'd actually love to hear from you as well yeah, in the that comments. Would be really interesting. I'd be very interested to see, like, because I think I like I can speak for myself. Being very sheltered mm. and just being in these like Muslim communities for Eid, yeah, not Muslim have to go outside schools, Muslim communities, Muslim neighborhoods. But I want to know what the Eid of someone who lives in a non-Muslim majority suburb is mm. like. Like somewhere in the eastern suburbs or somewhere there's away some, from. Like, there's, there's some areas in the eastern suburbs that you'd be surprised there's actually a decent amount of Muslims as well um, and so they have their own things as well but yeah it would be really interesting to note like some very predominantly non-Muslim and mm. very little mm. uh, demographic concentration of Muslims how Eid would be there uh, but let me Indeed. ask you a question yep so you're talking about capitalism spending all that kind of thing right mm. with and, and we're bringing Eid into the equation what then of Eid gifts like we always get Eid gift. We like when we were young, we would always get them. We now want to give them. Mm. Like, should we not? Like, what? What's your? What are you suggesting then? No, not at all. Not not saying we shouldn't have like, the Eid gifts. Stop taking Eid gifts away. I'm from not the taking kids, your Eid you, gift like, away, buddy. No one even gifts you Eid gifts. Get out of here, no, bro. look, with no Eid gifts, that's, that's my trauma coming out. Anyway. <laughs> that's actually my trauma. My big trauma is you get to a certain age and it all just becomes about the kids, and then we you, they forget the adults. So right, I'll give and you an Eid gift this time. There's a deep, maybe deep uh, seated trauma that we need to discuss. But look, with Eid gifts and the materialism around that. I don't know. This is obviously personal opinion. 
Um, but I, I feel like sometimes I do feel that it's getting a little out of hand. Like, you know, the last 10 nights of, if we look at Eid al-Fitr, the last 10 nights of Ramadan are meant to be like the holiest nights. Not meant to be. They are the holiest nights of the entire Islamic year. And they're spent in these multiple rounds of shopping for clothes, for gifts. You know, not to say that there's something, you know, like absolutely wrong with that because the sunnah is to wear your best clothes mm-hmm. for Eid and to gift. Like generally, the Rasulullah is encouraging us to give gifts because it increases the love between your hearts. So I'll give you a gift. Don't Thank worry, you very I'll much. Give you a hint. Stop dropping hints. I'll give you no, a gift. No, but on a serious note, like uh, we should encourage gift giving. Yeah. And then obviously, what better time to give gifts than Eid? But I don't know. It's becoming um, it's becoming a little out of hand. I feel yeah, where you like, give. I think you know a little kid gets like twenty or thirty gifts because you got parents given a gift and then grandparents, grandparents and then each aunt and uncle and then and th- this kid's gonna play with a gift for like a week, two at weeks most, at most, and that's it. It's gone, not to be seen again. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I feel like is there a way we can draw them back to appreciate the more. The, the simpler things in life yeah. The bonding The family time The cricket in the backyard Yeah like create like an Eid experience yeah. Instead of like Always having just multiple gifts And so like when I was young I remember um, There was one gift Like my parents would say Alright there's One toy or one gift That you can choose for the year mm. That you get for Eid mm. And that's it mm. And so I would value The living hell out of that mm. Like I would really 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 Want that And just stick with that And that I would value and it wouldn't just be this massive influx of all these things that I'm never going to mm. use. For sure. And then, so there's that, there's that aspect as well. But then, you know, you know when we say Eid is sort of becoming devoid of spirit. And to be honest, we don't know the answers to all of these questions. We're just sort of posing some of these questions out there. Some of them we, we will suggest what we think. But but the concept of the, the, the Qurbani, like the, the, the Qurban meat that you're meant to get, and have slaughtered or um, distribute amongst the poor. Like in origin, the idea is, and in, you see it in the Muslim world, they still maintain it to a large extent. Some places they go crazy with it, where they're you know, celebrating their livestock, right? But, <laughs> you know, and, and my camel's bigger than your camel, right? But um, it, 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 here in Australia, if you compare those two experiences, mm. like in the Muslim world, in, in places, again, my experience in Pakistan, is you go out and you will find yourself, you know, an appropriate you know, sheep or a goat or a, um, a, if you can afford it, something bigger of cattle um, and you will take care of it and you will love it and you will show it compassion and um, and then you will carry out that process, you know, of the, the sunnah practice of mm. slaughtering it in the halal way, cleaning it, skinning it and then distributing it amongst the poor. But here it's like another day at the butchers. Yeah, you yeah. just pre-place your order it's so capitalism like go it's, there pick it up but it's pre-place your order 10 days in advance come and pick it up you know and That's then and then not even distribute to the poor like yeah to some extent you can do but what ends up happening is you give it to your no- local neighborhood and like your i don't know your family friends or something yeah. um and and again from my experience in medina which is um we did have this beautiful experience on eid because i had done hajj one year and then the other year it's discouraged to sort of do it every year as a student and so i said okay and plus i was also sick that year so i um, went ahead and i sort of witnessed that process mm. i went to a slaughterhouse 
and I just sat there making videos of you know sheep being sent to their death all day. So I'm um, trying to stroke, co- strike conversations with them um, because no one gave me gifts. <laughs> so you went and tried to bond with the sheep. I did. No, How'd and then and then they're you, sent off, right? And, but it's just beautiful. Like uh, not the blood and the gore and right, but like it was beautiful because it's like enlivening and like bringing life to the sunnah. But you know what you said, like with regards to. You take an animal, mm. you care for it, you actually like make sure it's eating, and drinking, you feel a connection to yeah. it, yeah. And then you sacrifice. Like, that's an actual sacrifice. Then, like you, you're giving something for the sake of Allah. Yep. It's so much more meaningful than just like go to the butcher, as you said. Yep. Um, so I wanted to just mention as well, like with regards to celebrations, like. Islamically, celebrations are something earned. Mm. Right? There's something earned. You're, you're meant to do something, and then Allah gives you something at the end of it. So with uh, Eid al-Fitr, you're fasting the month. Once you've done that, Allah gives you Eid. Right? Mm. And Eid al-Adha is Hajj. Obviously, if we're not there, um, then you know we still have the celebration of it. But um, it's something earned. It's not this meaningless experience. And, and I think we've sometimes got to really have some moments of introspection and question like, how much have we deserved this? Like, inshallah, in a couple of days, we will be celebrating Eid. Um, I know myself personally, I probably haven't done nearly as much as I could have in order to actually deserve mm. it. I'm going to celebrate it, inshallah, of course. Mm. But what did I actually do to earn it? Yeah, and we're encouraged to fast as many of these days as we can, the nine days leading up to uh, Yawmul Arafah. Uh, and then, of course, fast the day of Arafah. And then Eid follows the following day. So we're encouraged to fast these nine days and and. Uh, roll up our sleeves, figuratively speaking, and up. and take up you know greater actions of worship and stuff, um, and then that's the Eid comes after it. But you know that's the point. Like the the, the Eid spirit sort of. I think I think what we're trying to say is that to bring back the Eid spirit, it will come back by connecting ourselves yeah. to worship, because once you something. feel you know when you put your heart into something and you put your soul into it. And you, you, like figuratively speaking, roll up your sleeves and you do the work, whether it's school or work or, or university or, or worship, and you get the reward at the end of it. Yeah. It just tastes that much the sweeter. of your labor, as they say. Absolutely, yeah. right? But then because of that spirit that's missing, you know, if you needed, like if you really needed to kill that Eid spirit and it wasn't dead and buried already, then just watch one of these Eid messages from your local Western politician. Hello. And Eid Mubarak. I send my warmest wishes to Muslims around the world and here in the United Kingdom. As the holy month of Ramadan comes to a close, I extend my warmest wishes to Australian Muslims and hope you have a blessed and joyful Eid al-Fitr holiday. Assalamu alaikum. I would like to wish Eid Mubarak to Muslims in the UK and all around the world who are celebrating Eid Yeah, so... I think we, we cut off Not that we wanted to see the rest of that I think that was very <laughs> um, Metaphorically and beautifully just cut off because. So that, that cringe meter that's going higher and higher right? Yeah absolutely <laughs> um, You get these messages I just wanted to chuck that in as well Because, because it's so cringe Like you just yeah, get these leaders that don't care less about Muslims They spent months and years devising plans of how to like you know demonize demonize muslims and, and exploit make us muslims public enemy number one yeah and, and then like, hey congratulations congratulations eid. and the worst part of it for me <laughs> is where they try and capture the eid message like eid is all about worship and allah yeah. and it's like bro the bro. worst part for me is always their attempts at assalamu alaikum yeah 
The last guy really Turnbull put in a lot like, of effort into it. Turnbull did like Eid al Fatah or something. <laughs> I don't know what he was on about. Yeah, but did you see Jeremy Corbyn? At the end of it, he did a little like one of those African American gangster things, like Assalamu alaikum, like as if, <laughs> you know, it's like indigenous to him. So, yeah, you know, they try and they plot and they plan, but a lot of plans that turned very serious. But, um, you know, these politicians will, will, yeah. will kill the Eid spirit if it needed any further killing. But. On the on the topic of sort of the Eid spirit, I say that as though that hasn't been our entire topic so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, I want to say that I find it like without disparaging any Muslims at all, mm-hmm. right? I find it quite saddening when I, I'll go to someone and say, "Oh, what did you do for Eid? Like, you know, how was your Eid? Mm. Oh, I just went to work. Yeah. I was at uni. I was at school. Now, look, okay, if it's absolutely unavoidable, different story. Yep. But like, surely we can. Just put a bit of effort to just make it mean something. Yeah. Like just put your leave in advance for your workplace, or speak to your teachers and principal, or your unit coordinators, or whatever, and just sort it out. Just yeah. take the time off and give it some importance. It really, like, like that. When I when I hear that, I kind of like I feel that a part of you dies. Spirit just sort of withering yeah. away. No, one hundred percent. Metaphorically, because dies. because you know when we think about where we've come in the last 10 15 years and again guys don't get us wrong like uh, you might don't sit there scratching your head thinking i don't know what Eid these guys are celebrating but our Eid is the best <laughs> like we're there we're with you like we we have the same Eid, and like i said it's a beautiful sight in the morning and we absolutely love it right but um there are things there that we need to work on and i think it's part of it is about how how much we center it mm. it's just a question of we we worry like about the future generations yeah, as well sure. of like the connection that we see of politicians in our masajid, right, and we see it just becoming a materialistic thing, it missing out on that aid spirit of connecting it to worship. And, and sacrifice the story behind it all. Like, Absolutely. Where did that go? And like doing something about making, like making a point about, you know, if you're going to chuck a siki, do it on aid. Like yeah. make it, make it your big thing. Like you have to make them, you have to tell your kids and we have to tell our future generation that this is a big deal. This is aid. Mm. Right, because um, it's like, yeah, like you picture it, right? One generation doesn't give much importance. Next generation, it's it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And you know what? What frightens me genuinely is that, like, let's be real. We are Muslims. We're competing, quote unquote, ideologically competing with all these other celebrations for the for our kids' attention, right? Mm. So your kid, our kid, whoever, these young Muslims in society. They're going to be bombarded with the Christmases and the Easter's and the New Year's and the birthdays and even now the rubbish of the Halloween's right of the world. They're going to be bombarded and all their schoolmates are going to be doing it and the mm. whole society is going to be doing it. All of that's going to happen. Mm. And then if we don't make Eid really, really special mm. and let them know that this is your celebration and it means something and it's a core part of mm. who we are, who you are then there is a risk that they're just going to go down that road. Yeah. And it, it's really not hard to go down that road. Yeah, we're not suggesting that, you know, people are going to ignore Eid and then, you know, rock up to Halloween parties. No, no, it's yeah. just that there's a risk. Like if we don't that safeguard... That it just fades that, away in the background. Yeah, yeah, you don't want it to fade. Like there's already this whole sort of, um, you know, Muslims celebrating quote-unquote Christmas or other celebrations to be more inclusive mm. and all that kind of thing. It's just sort of, it just completely moderates the the centrality that Dean should absolutely. have absolutely absolutely um, and that that genuinely like i feel like you know I, i'm not talking about next year or anything but generationally allah knows 
you know, where things could, and we need a concerted effort to mm. make sure that Eid is special and central to our Absolutely. existence as Muslims. And, and you know, one of that, one of our take-home messages for this podcast that we wanted to stress was that, like, we re- we need to read the warning signs. You know that. Um, you know, we can't just sit back like spectators or analysts saying, oh, Hajj is so heavily commercialized and mm. Aid is losing its spirit. And, you know, like as if we're going to write a paper on it. This is our community, right? These mm. are our kids, our future generation. We, we, we should like make a concerted effort to make a big deal out of our Eid and, and make yeah. it connected to worship. You know, right? I even thought like something as simple as decorating your house, mm. right? That sends a signal to kids, mm. right? Like they see all the decorations for other celebrated this and that, right? Make it special. Get your kid to hang up, you know, Eid celebration decorations mm. and put, you know, the names of Allah and, you know, in the fancy glittery, you know, whatever paper that you have and all that kind of thing. Like mm. just add an atmosphere to it. Give yeah, it some life. For sure. Add that touch. And, and obviously also make make it all or make it all centered around worship like yeah, make that sure, the big thing sure. you know like that's our message to you guys tonight or part of our message to you guys tonight let's make Eid let's reconnect it back to worship like in these very days fast like we hope that you mm. fasted today and you may Allah give us tawfiq to fast tomorrow yeah, and I mean, the day I mean. after until Eid comes and then you know when you're in that habit of fasting and then you you worship and you celebrate Eid You'll feel the sweetness of Eid so much more. Yeah, for sure. You know, let's feel that sweetness and let's feel it by connecting uh, these these beautiful days back to back to worship. Definitely, definitely. Inshallah. Um, um, should we? We should. I read your mind. Let's take the live calls. Let's take the live calls. He read my mind. I read your mind. He did indeed. All right, let's take some calls. This should be interesting, inshallah. So we've got the number on Sufyan's head there. Um, <laughs> Can we move zero, that out four, of my face? Five, zero. Right in front, yeah. There we go. There we go. 0450-774-662. Um So yeah, let's take some calls and see what you guys think. Look, um, we did want to sort of focus it a little. Mm. Um, so the general, the broad question um, that we have, or the broad sort of area, is: Do you feel like Eid is getting more spiritual and better? Because as Sufyan mentioned, you got the Eid in the park stuff. You've got you know fos- uh, festivals in multiple communities and so forth, and you've got you know different areas. Do you think it's getting better or worse? Okay, it seems like we've got a call. Okay. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Who do we have with us? Yep. Hello. Hello. How are we? Who, who do we have with us today, tonight? I, I can't tell you my name. I please want to stay anonymous. You wanted to stay anonymous. That's cool. Yes. All right. Well, yes. how did you want to respond to our question? Uh, no, I thought, I thought you guys are live. I'm watching the podcast, but I thought you guys are going to talk to me. Uh, we are live. We are going to talk to you. If you have something though? to say on the topic, we're happy to have this conversation. That's what we're all about at the convo. Uh, then, nah, I, don't, I don't have anything to say. I thought like we're going to have like, a right. Q&A session. No worries. Jazakallah khair for your call anyway, brother. Take care. And enjoy your Eid, inshallah. Okay. All right. Bit of a miscommunication there, but the live call feature does work, guys. You saw at the very so that least. was a test run. We'll call that a test Let's run. Let's call that a test run. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I called in. I don't have anything to say, but I just wanted to call in. All right. Um, if you have something to say, call that number zero four five zero double seven four double six two, and um, and we'll keep the conversation going yeah, as soon so as we get another uh, call. We'll, yeah, and then we'll just we'll take respond it. to it. So yeah, aid is it getting better, more connected, a better atmosphere, better vibe, or more materialistic, mm. less of a vibe, less of a spirit? Because to be honest, I'm not 
fully decided on yeah, that. Yeah, nor am I. We had this conversation last night. I actually put it to Hums. I said, bro, we, we can actually... last night. I thought we meant to have the conversations on the convert. Well, where do you actually stand <laughs> on this? Like, we we put the question to each other and said, all right, well, where do we stand on this? Like, because visibly, like I said, those mornings where you see there's massive gatherings. and But then at the same time, remember, you know, like in your experience, what has like... What has um, the Eid prayer been like? You know, as soon as the khutbah, yeah, as soon as the example, as soon as the khutbah ends, that's it. Everyone's on. Everyone, everyone's running. Right. Sorry. Everyone's as soon done. as the prayer ends and yeah. you're meant to have the khutbah, yeah. um, it, like half the congregation gets up and just and so much so flies. that it's almost like a defeatist attitude from the khatib, where the khatib mm-hmm. says, "Look, it's not fard. So if you want to go, you want to socialize, just." Do it away from here So that the Absolutely. people Who want to listen to the khutbah And, can and listen to be honest to I think that's still A bit of a Liberal reaction Because like for For me Like it's a, I've, I think in the My local masajid It's been quite conservative The response has been like Brothers Please uh, You know Just because it's a sunnah Don't run from it Like <laughs> this is the big thing You know Like you're meant to Stay for this khutbah Please take a seat Don't leave It's almost like He's like guys Come back come Right back. And, and it's sad to see that Like we should be And so that's what we're saying There's there's elements of this Where On a communal level It sort of seems More visibly Muslim And visibly like Celebrated yeah. But then there are the Like the connection To worship part yeah, Seems yeah. like it's still missing And then the, the whole um, The materialistic Side of things as well yep. So there's multiple angles. Like I remember one of the um, one of the really really positive experiences that I had with Eid was you know quite a number of years ago when Eid in the park first started right in Homebush. Yep. Yep. Um, that was huge. That was a massive thing in the community, and there was so much demand. It was really good because you know they they're having Eid Salah in a nice big open space, um, and it was really exciting. But they they had so much demand that they were like they had to charter buses to get people for, and they had like multi level parking lots full and yeah. you had to go to the next one and the next and the next and then bus would take you from there to there and whatever yeah. and then you get there and there's this sea of thousands upon thousands of Muslims there celebrating Eid in their best clothes right looking fantastic yeah. brilliant and to a large extent of community you still have that yeah like, we like do. to we a large extent you still have even that even like the the festivals and whatnot there is a lively atmosphere. But I find it genuinely difficult to reconcile that side of things, like anecdotally what I can see, to what I know of the underlying mm. commercial reality of sure. capitalism. So, come so ladies everything. and gentlemen, that's the number there up on screen, 0450-774-662. We're actually very excited to see, to, to get some calls in chart live. We get, like I've spoken to Sufyan for a long time, many, many years now. I'd like to speak to other people <laughs> if that's possible, please. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we've, we'd like to hear from some of our audience. I know we've got, we've got quite a few comments here. Um, Maybe you can read out some of the comments. Oh, let's go through some of these comments. So, Oh, Hamza, just can we just get back to Ben 10 because that's his name, right? No, surely it's not actually his name. No, I'm going to Google it. It says Dr. Muhammad Saleh ibn Tahir Ben 10. Okay, is that, and that's the way you pronounce it, right? Obviously not. When they introduce him at conferences, <laughs> they say Ben 10. All right, all right. Okay, let's look at some of the other comments. So we're looking at $5 billion revenue from Al Bake, which is an amazingly tasty chicken franchise um, which is within the vicinity of Medina I've tasted it it's glorious however five billion dollar revenue from that that, yes a lot of hujaj right specifically from one continent in particular 
loves that taste and it will go off in the subcontinent and oh, and, so it's and subcontinent. They, yeah no yeah, okay. well it's not as it's i think it's an a uh, golf thing like it's initiated yeah. maybe i'm not sure some arab no, i mean guy who's got the gr- like who's got the specific interest in it oh the the subcontinent ah, okay, yeah okay. there's a lot of um, brothers and sisters from the subcontinent that absolutely it just works wonders for their taste buds but yeah 5 billion dollar revenue from albaik and um, it says that you don't need to go to the golf anymore um there's a lot of comments here but um luxuries need to be fulfilled after needs and are fulfilled by selling the ummah's wealth so a nice dark satirical comment there um by brother SMS Sadi Muhammad Saifuddin um, uh, but yeah we'd guys um we'd love to take some calls um inshallah um if you have something to add if you want to if you don't want to na- name yourself you want to be anonymous um like our first caller that's totally cool um, but if you can just um, um, You know Weigh in on this conversation yeah. About Eid Or to be honest About any other aspect Of our yeah. like of, the, of the one podcast thing that I'll weigh in Because clearly I'm a caller Who should also be yep. you know, Saying what I need to say But um, You know We're talking about capitalism And all that kind of business You know what really got to me Once when I was in Dubai Many years ago um, Was that Like A lot of Westerners mm. Will holiday in Dubai To shop And the irony of that Just struck me so hard Like from Western countries, Western capitals, right, where capitalism is embedded, they want to go to the Gulf and they want to go to places like Dubai because they do capitalism better. They mm. do better shopping. Mm. They do better sales. They do better commercialism. They do better materialism. And I'm like, man, what is wrong with the world? Like, the Arab countries, the places where you know Muslims are and where there should be some semblance of Islam are selling capitalist ideology to mm. people, so much so that from back home, from their capitalist backyards, they want to go to the Middle East. And that's where they want to get their fix. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, so, Khair, um, we'll see. We might, we might wait another five-ish minutes to see if we get any calls. Um, otherwise, we might wrap it up there and we'll see. Maybe we can do a better job of projecting that number beforehand as well so everyone's aware that there's a live call feature. Um, uh, but, yeah, so... Um, we, 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 what we want to know Can you not play that <laughs> What we want to know is if, we, if um, Where do you stand on that conversation With regards to Eid And how um, How the, the community is moving Is it moving closer To what Eid should be like And how it should be celebrated Or do you feel that it's moving further away from it Yeah sometimes I feel like there's like A hurricane of all these other influences That are just mm. Coming and, and sort of sweeping up the community And sometimes you feel like It's uh, a tsunami of Tsunami or a hurricane? I think it's more like Alright, let's run with hurricane <laughs> Alright, let's go with hurricane So like the Muslims, us We're like this bird stuck in this hurricane That's just yeah. trying to figure its way through all this ideology Or a fish in a tsunami Or whatever analogy you want to go with I don't know about bird in a hurricane we'll I don't know It doesn't, doesn't run with doesn't quite fly with me But let's just I see what you did there doesn't quite fly. Well done, sir. Well done. All right. Um, Khair, we'll cut our losses. Um, and inshallah, um, we'll see how we go with um, taking live calls next week or next fortnight, next um, episode, inshallah. Inshallah. Um, uh, we'll, we'll definitely project that number beforehand as well. And we'll see how we go with that, inshallah. We'd love to hear you guys. Um, 
inshallah, it could be that, you know, you're undecided as well. You're not sure exactly where you stand on that question. Um, but, but what hey, we'll do... If, if that's your position, then feel free to like get in touch and, you know, Yeah, have feel free to call in and, and, and khair. So what we'll do is, inshallah, we'll wrap it up here. It, it has been a good episode. We did enjoy it. We actually really enjoy doing yeah, these podcasts. Monday nights have transformed for us, like well, every <laughs> alternate Monday night. It's been a real transformation. Like we actually really look forward to it. Um, oh, it looks like we're getting a call. Okay, we're getting a call. All right, Sufyan, you can stop your closing. And they hung up. Well, that was an anticlimax. Okay. Sufyan, right. you can continue. <laughs> so let's close it here, inshallah. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleena wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you very much. It was lovely um, seeing the comments, um, the the. A flutter of comments coming through And um, inshallah join us next week We will be next advertising fortnight. Sorry next fortnight We will be advertising um, in advance um, And so inshallah It would be absolutely amazing If we catch you in two weeks time inshallah. On the convo Jazakallah khair Thank you very much Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh